This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. So, Claudia, I'm a big fan of your research. I think it's super cool stuff. And uh, I was thinking about one of your earlier studies Mm -hmm. was on um, kind of aesthetics and Uh Uh self-affirmation. And I'm sure I'm not telling, you know, I know know what you know your work is. But the the (laughs) finding I'm thinking about was that um, people were more inclined to choose, and correct me if I'm wrong, more inclined to choose more aesthetic goods uh, if kind of their sense of self was threatened or or vice versa, that when they felt um, self-affirmation, that they they were less concerned with aesthetics? Yeah, so we show the effect both ways in Mm -hmm. that paper. So, I mean, I think the stronger effect or the one that has kind of broader implications is you allow someone to pick something really pretty um, and then they feel better about themselves. And why that's important and why that has broader implications is self-affirmation is this incredibly powerful tool in that it stops people from kind of being just naturally biased against other opinions and things that might, in in a normal state of mind, they might not agree with. So, for example, we were just talking about politics. Um, if someone's going to kind of argue with you about why you should be voting for a member of a party that you typically don't vote for, our natural implication is, uh, our natural inclination is to go into that conversation thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to poke holes in this. I'm going to see what's wrong with this argument rather than kind of listening and really hearing what they say. The nice thing is when someone's self-affirmed, they do go in more open and they really kind of hear the arguments. So that's what I think is so powerful about this research, that just having someone pick something good looking right. can make them more open, more understanding of people who may differ from them. That but is then interesting. You're, yeah, but then you're absolutely right that we also have the flip effect, which is if you make someone feel more open... Um, self-affirm them, which is kind of this more strong, less biased, less sensitive state, they don't have that really strong desire for good-looking products. They still like them, but it seems like that there actually might be some that some of our desire for good-looking products is seeking self-affirmation in mm. that they do make us feel more secure and better about ourselves. Did you see any uh, – or did you investigate any temporal effects kind of like in your current research um, with is, – is there time-based effects in that way? Because I was thinking almost if, if – I know aesthetics is not completely parallel to kind of the more arousing design. But I'm wondering if, if people projecting themselves out to the future are kind of more level about their, their self-concept, more level about their self-affirmation and then maybe don't seek out – the, the prettier or the more beautiful or the more edgy design. Um, did you look at anything like that? That's really interesting. So if I'm making a decision for me today versus here, now pick something that you're going to get a year from now. Are, are my aesthetic preferences yeah. the same? And is my self-affirmation the same? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah really kind of bringing your two studies together. If, if, yeah, if that's they really interesting. I mean, I would imagine, I mean, most of the literature says that when you're looking at the future, you are detached, right? Mm-hmm. You are almost looking at that person as another person, which means it's going to be a less emotional decision in right. some ways. Um, So, yeah, you're absolutely right that that in and of itself could kind of work as a form of self-affirmation and that that person in the a year from now might make a kind of um, more normative decision, one based kind of more on the facts. Um, In terms of aesthetic preferences, that's an interesting one. I mean, my my work, um, the paper I started talking about, the most recent work, suggests that, yeah, even if I'm just looking at myself in the future, we actually looked at that. Is it just about looking at myself in the future or the number of repetitions. And we see that when you ask someone to predict their aesthetic preferences for one time in the future, it's the same as their aesthetic preferences for one time now. It's the repeat exposure that makes people shy away from Mm. high arousal. 
Um, so that's where people's intuition rather is. than the temporal, right? Right. It's not. It's not that I don't know if I'm going to like it in the future. It's that I think if I keep seeing this over and over again, I'm not going to like it. Right. Interesting. Um, so, Claudia, what are you working on now? So a couple things. Um, one project I have with someone um, near and dear to your all's heart is with Ludovica Casario. Oh, love yeah. Ludo. Keith loves Ludo, too. She, he worked with her also. Yep, definitely. Yeah. She's so our star it, here. <laughs> yeah. So after my um, presentation at Wharton, she came up to me with a great idea. Um, and so we've been working on this. This is actually kind of relevant to work. This is, I thought I'd bring this up because it's kind of something that you know you know a lot about. So we are looking at, once again, kind of taking our two interests and putting them together, aesthetics and luxury. And actually, we're looking at the opposite of aesthetics, which is we're looking at ugly luxury. (laughs) Mm, Um, That's an interesting concept. (laughs) So it is a fascinating concept, and it's incredibly fascinating right now. I think some of that Gucci stuff's pretty ugly. I was going to say, the example is go to the Gucci website right now, and um, I encourage your reader, your listeners, not if you're driving, but go to the Gucci website, and you will see... There are things there that there is no question that no designer thinks that this is attractive. You guys are really not putting yourself in line for free swag from Gucci. <laughs> I see that. No, it's the street. It's the whole street notion. It's kind of in your face. Yeah. But you go look at it and it's so purposefully ugly. I mean, <laughs> clearly clashing colors, um, you know, designs that, that there's, there's no, you know, this is not high aesthetics. And so the question is why? Why why is this this thing that's working? I mean, right now there's tons of articles being written about ugly sneakers. Right, fast, dad fast shoes. And, <laughs> yeah. And so what we've kind of identified is is that we're looking at this as kind of another um, luxury signal. So, um, you know, you, um, your readers may or may not be aware, or sorry, listeners, but luxury can be loud, which means it has lots of brand logos on it, or more quiet or subtle, which is something that, you know, only if you know the store well would you know that that's from a luxury brand. Um, and we're actually suggesting that these super ugly designs are in some ways kind of um, allow, allow people to recognize it as luxury. Hmm. It's um, a little bit, it, it's related to the red sneakers effect? Yes. Yeah, a little bit like that. So um, we kind of have two theories about it. One is kind of, it just makes it more memorable, right? So if anyone has visited the Gucci website. I remember it. You'll remember that ugly <laughs> yeah. sweater. And yeah. when you see someone walking it down the street, you're more likely to identify that as Gucci than, say, the plain right. black sweater, right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then the other thing is, this is this is the even more interesting one is, if someone's wearing something that ugly, they clearly didn't pick it for aesthetics. So why did they pick it? The implication is there has to be some other reason you picked it, and so people presume it. That's must like be. a Gricean theory, it's right? Right. It must it must be because it's some amazing brand. So. We've actually shown that we can take the same products, like a pretty version and an ugly version, and when we label it as from kind of a street um, a street brand, um, people obvious. I mean, as you might expect, they like the the, uh, the pretty one better. They're more likely to choose the pretty one. Um, but then when we do the same thing and label them as luxury, there's no difference in whether people pick it. And no. in fact, they even see the luxury one as, as more expensive. They expect it to be more expensive. So how does this translate to ugly Christmas sweaters? <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, the I mean, I think that's just the, the quintessential ugly thing is ugly Christmas. <laughs> 
the sweat sweaters, and I don't know if you're. We're li- we are using a sweater from the Gucci website right now for one of our studies. Oh, that's so funny. That is green and red and yellow striped. Yep. Oh, with God. a picture of like a Bambi applique on it <laughs> and then ladybug buttons. Oh my gosh. That's and wow. it's about, I think it's $1,300 if you're uh, interested. Oh, that's, nope. a, that's a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Claudia, it's been so much fun having you back on the program. Yeah, it's always nice to I have love you. talking to you guys. That's great. And if you yeah. want to keep up with Claudia's research, check her out at business.miami.edu or follow her on Twitter at Prof Townsend. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.